the SF Music Tech Summit, recorded live by Media One Audiovisual. To learn more about us, visit us online at MediaOneAudio.com. Our first demo is Matt Schlicht, who is demoing tracks by. So Matt, I'll let you take it away. Hey, guys. So I am Matt Schlicht, co-founder and CEO of TraxBuy. And we are the most viral way for artists to promote their music and their videos on Facebook. Now, we really understand how to manage an artist on Facebook and how to grow them. For the past two years, we've managed Lil Wayne on Facebook. And we grew him from 1 million to 30 million likes. And when we did this, we really focused on how, how do we make his content go as viral as possible? How do we make his videos, when we share them, go to as many fans as possible? And TraxBuy is really everything that we've learned, and we've built it into a product that's free so that any band, artist, or label can use this to leverage their Facebook fans and make their content go viral. So this is Tracks By on Lil Wayne's Facebook page. As you can see, I'm an admin, so I have a, the ability to go manage it right now. When, when we were building this, we realized there were three things that we needed to solve. The first one was, how do we identify Lil Wayne's hardcore fans? So that when Lil Wayne comes out with new content, we can go activate those fans and get them the content that we just released so that they can go share that with their friends and his distribution grows. The way we did that is with a love button. So as you can see at the top here, I love Lil Wayne. When a fan loves Lil Wayne, they will get an email every time Lil Wayne releases new content. So if Lil Wayne has 200,000 loves, the next time he puts out a video, 200,000 people will instantly get notified. The second thing that we knew we needed to solve was, you know, when we were managing Lil Wayne, we would put content out there and we would share a video or share a song and we would drive all that traffic to a third-party site. So we wanted to figure out a way where we could drive that back to his Facebook page and really control that experience so that we could make it go even more viral. So every video and song that you put into Tracks by gets its own page and anyone that goes and likes it or leaves a comment on it it will then share that piece of content to all their friends so that they can come back to Wayne's Facebook page and re-engage with it. The third thing that we knew we needed to solve was we really needed to make this more social and more viral. So aside from when you click like, the song goes out to all your friends, we also keep a history of the tracks that you've liked on TraxBuy. So as a fan, I can go to all these different artist pages, I can click like on all the songs and all the videos that I want to do, and that's saved to, as you can see here, to my library. And I can go browse those, and my friends can go browse those, and they may discover new music that they like, and they may discover new artists that they love. Managing tracks by is really easy. This is Lil Wayne's page. I put in these new videos this morning. If I click one of these, I can quickly go edit it. And I can change the title, the album, I can put in a buy link, and I can make it accessible to everyone. Or if I want more loves, I can make it accessible to only fans that love me. If I want more likes, I can make it accessible to only fans that like me. So, We've done a couple tests. We're in beta right now, but our tests have been really successful. We did one test with XV, who is an emerging artist from Warner Brothers Records, and the, he released a new single through us, and the moment he did that, he, went, uh, he got a 400% increase in new likes on his Facebook page. With Lil Wayne, we've released two songs with him over the past couple months, and in order to access those songs, you had to love him. He already has 200,000 loves. So the next time we put out a video, all of those people, all of his hardcore fans will be notified and driven back to his Facebook page. We launched a Gucci Mane album a couple months ago. And w with the first 80,000 people we sent to his tracks by, 
they generated over 1.3 million impressions in the Facebook newsfeed. All of those are opportunities for new fans to come back and engage with this content. So if you'd like to sign up for our beta, you can go to tracks.by. Or if you'd like to get an invite early, you can come find me or email me at matt at tracksby.com. Great. Thanks, Matt. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, before I get into the questions, just so you know who I am sitting up here, uh, um, Elliot Van Buskirk with Evolver.fm. I've been covering digital music for about 13 years. And uh, Evolver.fm is published by the Echo Nest, which is the biggest database about music in the world. Five billion data points or something like that. Maybe five billion and one. Um, so I'm going to have some questions for each of these speakers. And we also have Cass running around with a microphone. I, I'm really like to encourage people from the audience to participate. But I've got questions, too, if nobody else does. Anybody have a question for Matt? All right. Um, so. Anytime I hear about music and Facebook these days, um, I think about their F8 not-so-secret announcement coming up. Um, how is this going to play into what Facebook is planning? So Facebook really paved the way for social gaming, and they came out with a lot of APIs and a lot of ways to integrate with Facebook. And they're going to be doing that for music and media in general. And as Tracks by, we're always going to build products that let the artists, the bands, and the labels take advantage of what technology is out there. So the moment that Facebook releases these, this new functionality, it, we're going to deeply integrate it into Tracks by. Mm -hmm. And then um, what happens to the library that people are creating? Is that, where, do, where do people get that? So when you love a track, that goes into your like, Tracks by collection, right? Is that going to turn into an app that people download, or where, where does that stuff go? So right now, it just creates a page where I have a history of all the songs and videos that I've liked, and my friends can go browse that. And then I have a page that lists all the artists that I love so that my friends can go discover that. Mm -hmm. And why love? I mean, this is Facebook. This is the like site. So Facebook has a like button. Um, and when you like someone on Facebook, it's great. You get the status updates, and you have to, you know, you're on Facebook, and you get information from them. But we didn't feel that it was powerful enough. And when you love someone, you know, that's, that's another level higher. And you're stating that I don't just like them, I love them and I want to get more information from them. And we send them emails every time new content comes out. Mm -hmm. um, all right, well, does anybody have questions that they've thought of since I last asked? No, I think we only have a couple minutes. Oh, here we go. Hello, I'm just curious, how do you make money? Do you sell um, subscriptions? I mean, do you, um, is it advertising? What is your, what's your revenue model? Sure, so right now, we are just focused on building the most viral product there is. All right. <laughs> no revenue model. Um, all right, should we crank through these? That's the idea. Okay, so I think up next, thanks Matt, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. So while we're getting set up, I'll introduce myself. Um, I'm Neil Weinberg, I'm CMO with ThingLink and also heading U.S. operations here. Here with our CEO, Ulla Engstrom here from Finland and Jonas Forth from Finland. So I'm, I'm sort of a guitar player who's been in music my whole life, but I've also been uh, a PR advisor to tech startups and an entrepreneur myself. And, and I sort of got into music tech with companies like mp3.com and eMusic, working with Michael Robertson, who was here earlier this morning, I don't know if he's in the room, launching the mp3 industry in 1998. Whole bunch of garage companies got together and they, they sort of hit it right. So that's sort of how I got into this. And so what, what ThingLink is doing is we're sort of turning images into a platform where you can insert a band's content from video, players to sound players to social links, um, e-commerce links inside an image. And those images are shareable on Twitter, Facebook, and email. And they're embeddable, just like YouTube videos, into any website or any blog. And so essentially, image now is a platform for engagement. And thing-linked images are really engaging. 
They've been uh, issued and published by all the major labels and a lot of indies. Um, the engagement rates on the images are ranging from 6 to 53%. Um, a major label release is getting between 10 and 15% fan engagement, which is really unheard of for a piece of art like this. Um, and today, we're announcing um, e-commerce tags. We've had Amazon e-commerce tags. Now we're announcing today tags from iTunes and Topspin. So you can now add more e-commerce functionality into images um, and make these really engaging images monetizable. Okay? Um, and we sort of feel that these new points of sale will remove another barrier uh, between artists and fans looking to buy music. We're really proud to team up with Topspin. I don't know if Janet D'Alessandro is here, but we thank her for this partnership. And ThingLink is all about creating the most effective fan engagement platform around images. We're downstairs showing off what we do. We would love for you to come by the table and tell us what you would like to see inside images so we can maybe build it for you. All right? We really want to make the most effective fan engagement platform on the web, and um, we look forward to working with all of you. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Neil. Um, so my first question when I saw this was, um, do you need, and I know, you know we have industry people here, so people are going to know what we're talking about, but do you need a sync rate to do this? Is this, you know, when you need a video, you need to have the publishing and the sound recording rights lined up. Is an image, am I opening a can of worms here? No, not really, because in a sense, you know, ThingLink is a platform. We don't, we don't own the image, and we don't own the content that someone puts on it. We're sort of a facilitator. So in other words, so that if you're publishing an image with content on it, you're responsible for that. Mm -hmm. We're sort of giving you the technology that lets you turn this into a platform for media. Um, and typically, you're putting on YouTube videos because we can only put in a YouTube player or a Vimeo player right now. And for sound, we can put in a SoundCloud player. Right. Um, Neat. Is there... Um I mean, I guess this is, right now, this is like from the, the artists and, the, and their labels. Is there a strategy of letting fans make this stuff, or, or does that not make sense? No, there, there is a strategy of letting fans make stuff. Our, you know, right now we have a publisher platform, so you go to thinglink.com, and what you do is you link up your ThingLink account with your publisher platform, which is wordpress.org, uh, Tumblr, Typepad, Blogger. Any of those can be used to host images, and you, you basically get a free account on ThingLink, hook it up to your publisher platform, and all your images can become interactive instantly. And then you simply can take the embed code from those images and publish it wherever you want. And because the images sort of contain um, links to Twitter, you, you, uh, that fans can share those images amongst their friends, and, and fans can also embed those images anywhere they want to. So it's a very, very viral platform, and that's why uh, the engagement rates are so high. Mm -hmm. Well, that was going to be my other question, was is there anywhere that these can't go, since they're a little more than the average image, but I think you just answered that one. Um, does, do we have any questions from the audience about ThingLink? If, if I embed one of these onto Facebook, do you still get all of the same functionality with the pop-up player and being able to play the either video or audio from the image? Yes, and, and we can tell you how to embed it inside an iframe. It has to work inside an iframe, and so it, it, it is working, it is happening, and if you come down to our table, we can sort of set you up with instructions on how to make that happen. It's very effective. We've done a few of those. Cool. When you talk about fan engagement, what do you actually mean? We sort of measure image views, hovers, people hovering their mouse over the image, um, and click-throughs. So when we talk about click-throughs, we're really comparing hover to actual click-through. So fans are sort of scanning the image, looking at content, hovering it, and they click through to what they want. The simple plan um, image that we put out with Atlantic Records, in the first five hours of the campaign, the click-through rate was 53%. It bottomed out at 12 or 14. Um, YouTube videos, if you're advertising on YouTube and, and buying ads there, if you achieve a 2% click-through rate, 
um, in terms of engagement on YouTube, you're jumping up and down happy. And I know quite a few labels that are buying ads on YouTube because of those really high click-through rates. We're delivering 6, 12, 15, 20 on images. So we think this is a, a far more effective platform. And, and you know, you're going to start to see much more utilization by the labels of ThingLink and, and uh, a much deeper fan engagement and sharing and socializing that way. I'm going to call that last question. Sorry. Thanks, Thanks very much. Hope to see you downstairs. All right. Thanks, Neil. All right. Up next, uh, Bill Wilson with NARM. I believe I am ready. So, hi, everybody. I am Bill Wilson. I am Vice President of Digital Strategy and Business Development for NARM. Uh, we are a venerable 50-year-old music industry trade association. And today I'm here to tell you that today we have officially launched digitalmusic.org uh, as the online home for the digital music business. Um, before I jump in, obviously, to what digitalmusic.org is, um, I guess a, a little backstory uh, is, is in order. As I said, um, NARM is a venerable trade association sort of serving the collective interests of music commerce companies for, for over 50 years. And you know, obviously, for the bulk of that time, the members have been retail stores, physical retail stores, chains, one-stops, and indie record stores. But we served and still serve that marketplace with three uh, value propositions. And that's one is driving the business with uh, sort of the enterprise-level work group, really resolving the problems of the business. We educate our members with sessions and work groups and webinars, really providing valuable insight to the competitive landscape that is the music business. And third, we provide opportunities for networking to really get the job done where you need to go. So that's the job that we've been doing as the music business started out 50 years, and we helped build the music commerce business for that time. But as music, as music kind of has evolved, so has NARM as a trade association. Um, you know, in addition to the chains, the one-stops and mom-and-pops, now you have enterprise-level music companies. You have Amazon, you have Apple, you have Nokia, you have Verizon. You have emerging services like Ardeo and Mog, who are all members of the organization. And you have new entrants, new entrepreneurs, new people who have an incredible passion around the business of music, like Turntable FM and Dubset, who are also examples of the developer side of the members of our organization. Um, so to serve this new constituency, two years ago we created what's called the Digital Think Tank. And the Digital Think Tank, again, was created for these digital companies to come together under the watchful eye of our antitrust attorney and talk about the real fundamental problems of the business and resolve what's going on. So again, we talk about driving the business with work groups and legislation. We talk about educating our members with research, and we talk about various ways to grow individuals' personal network. So, you know, with that backstory, um, I'm happy to present sort of the rebirth of the trade association for music commerce, and that is digitalmusic.org. The site is now live. Um, and, you know, Essentially, again, going back to our three core value propositions of driving, growing, and informing our network, um, you know, what we have here on digitalmusic.org is really the home for all of our efforts. So we have work group, effort, uh, work group updates uh, from our various work groups that deal with, for example, digital supply chain and operations. So any of you that operate you know, a DSP or deliver massive amounts of content and have issues with, you know, frustrating issues around metadata or delivery of content, we're here to help solve those problems. Um, we have a group around archival and contextual metadata. And what that means is the products of the future will not just be built around music assets. Those products will be built around video and audio. And there are standards of delivering that content and ways to, you know, really formulate uh, how that product needs to be delivered to create the products of the future that people will be willing to pay for. You know, leveraging the power of three screens, leveraging the power of the mobile device, leveraging the power of the TV set-top box as a place for people to experience and discover music beyond simply the artist, the title, 
and you know, the name of the song. Um, we also have a group on research and metrics, a group on streaming subscription, and of course on product development where we actually do classes for entrepreneurs on doing business with the legacy music business. Um, we also have uh, a research group right now. And if uh, one of the things that's going to be very interesting to you guys is in October, we're going to be launching a commission study that we did with NPD on music discovery. Um, and it was a really heavy duty uh, commission study available only to NAR members that can probably help a lot of you build your businesses as you move forward in the music business. So if you want to check out what the survey's about, just hit digitalmusic.org and there's something there. Um, so essentially, you know, we provide all these services and we're looking to help all of you build your companies. So if you stream or sell music, develop music services or apps, provide data or systems that serve the infrastructure needs of what the next generation of the music business is going to be about, we are your collective voice. And we encourage you to visit the site, check out what we're doing, participate in our work groups, and maybe even join us as members. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Um, so I've, I think we're uh, going to be a little short on the questions this time. So raise your hand, and she'll come over if you have one. But um, my first question was, uh, you know, what, what has the lack of something like this been? Can you point to any effects that, that you know, this not having happened earlier? Like, what's, what, what's the... What are the problems that this solves that are that exist well, today? Well, I mean, there's a lot of issues. For example, you know, um, I will I will I'll draw examples from Norm's previous history. Obviously, as the the physical music business was a nascent business back then, there was you know, people had to compete. People had to find easy ways to communicate. And the current digital music business is having very similar growing pains, although the medium is different, to what the earlier part of the music business had to, you know, talk about. It's not just boxes anymore. It's digital XML schema for content delivery, but the problems of delivering and reporting are the same, and there hasn't been a really a, any sort of nonprofit organization that can take action and drive the business. I mean, there's a lot of conferences, there's a lot of people who talk about things, but, you know, the members of our company, including, like, the enterprise players, again, you know, the, the emerging companies, the gaming companies who are all part of this, want to resolve the challenges that they face in their business. And that's why they come, that's why they participate in actual work groups, and that's why they build databases. And they help us build platforms and systems to help resolve a lot of these enterprise-level commerce issues. Okay. Um, anybody have a question for Bill, or should I, I can take one. continue? One? Maybe nope. you're the one. All right. Um, so I was wondering, where, where, what's the line for joining this? I mean, is it down to somebody who, say, you know, builds an app using the Spotify or the RDO API? Yes. I mean, just really one guy yeah, in his I mean, spare if time? You, if you participate in the, in the value chain of, 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 of creating music commerce, you are part of the music commerce community, and you should be a part of our organization because, you know, essentially what we do is we help wrangle all of the commerce partners with their pitchforks and their, and their torches to go rattle the cages of the content suppliers to get what they need to help them do better business. And unless your voice is in there, then you're not being heard. And no matter how much people talk and, and, and sort of you know, make public statements and pontificate against the business, you're not really, really meaningfully changing the business. We can help you meaningfully change the business. OK. Are we, is that it? OK, thanks, Bill. Okay, we have uh, Jacqueline Rainier from The Orchard. Yes. I wonder what that clock, what's that countdown? That's kind of ominous. <laughs> turns off. Okay. Nope, that's the wrong one. All right. So, hi. I am Jacqueline Rainier, and I am the Vice President of Product Marketing at The Orchard. The Orchard next year will be celebrating its 15th year anniversary as one of the largest digital distribution companies in the world. Over the past 15 years, we've added many new services to support our clients. And today I'll be talking to you about the latest edition, which is the Marketplace that is launching today. And it is a collection of apps that are available to our clients to use to help them make their marketing and promotional efforts better. Our client base is about 20% of the music that's currently available on iTunes. Our clients are top independent labels and artists from around the world, and we have about 30,000 active artists. 
We have a dedicated team of people who work to support our clients and they give them advice on their digital strategies. And most importantly, in the context of the marketplace, is they're always advising them on different tools that they should be using. So our clients, they're definitely people, but for the purposes of this conversation, they are their assets. We currently distribute their music and videos to about 100 unique digital stores and streaming services across 230 countries. We also enable our clients to publish their marketing information to Facebook, Twitter, and their websites. But then we still have a challenge. How do we connect our unique set of clients with the right set of solutions to achieve their very unique goals? To put this into perspective, we have 30,000 artists at The Orchard. The Apple App Store has about 300,000 apps. Of course, not all of those are relevant to artists. So to combat this, we created the marketplace which is a collection of apps that we think our clients will find incredibly useful. You want to take advantage of all the tools out there, but you don't know which to use. You know which to use, but you don't have the time to manage another new account. You'd make the time, but you can't afford the tools. Let the Orchards Marketplace handle it all for you. We've removed the guesswork, negotiated discounts, and created seamless interaction between the marketplace and the assets you've already uploaded to the orchard. The marketplace gives you the tools you need to improve your sales and marketing, while saving time and money, all on a single platform. The marketplace, another great tool developed by the orchard. So while that video is great and all, today we actually have 20 apps live. You can see they span all across the spectrum of different available tools that we've made available for our clients. So, if you're a developer, the first thing you get out of the marketplace is the ability to work with this handsome group of men who are Orchard developers. Then you get immediate access to about 30,000 artists, streamlined customer acquisition, because we will include you in all of our marketing outreach to our clients, and then greater adoption because we've removed the pain points that our clients have in order to use all these various tools. You also get 70% of the revenues from your apps. Our clients get a 20% discount, and then the Orchard collects a 10% fee for bringing our customers to you. And there's no charge for free apps. We love free apps. So integration is very simple. First, it's a standard single sign-on, and this is so that our clients don't have to remember any more passwords or create any more new accounts. Then you'll pull assets through our API, so our clients only have to upload their music, their videos, and all of their marketing information once, and then it's available for use across all these different tools. And finally, they pay you through your standard payment flow. So now let's take a look at the marketplace. First, our clients log into the Orchard Workstation. So first they log into the Orchard Workstation, and this is where they manage all of their content, all their releases, get access to their accounting statements, and then, of course, the marketplace. So the marketplace looks like any general app store. We have our featured apps, and then all of the latest integrated apps. And then when you scroll to the bottom, you can see a button for viewing all of the applications. So now back up at the top, on the right side, you'll see all of the installed apps across that specific account. So first, I'm going to show you the Digital Press Kit, which is an app that we made as a good example of how to use all of the assets that we provide. This app is actually available in our developer guide as the example. So first, we'll create a digital press kit, select a release that we want the press kit to focus on, and right now, this app is pulling all the assets through our API and making it available in a press kit. You can see how quick that was. Then you can go ahead and edit the content in the press kit, make some tracks available for listening, and you can see all the information that was already uploaded to the orchard. So now once you're done and you're satisfied, you just hit done, change has been saved, and you want to publish the press kit, view it, and then you can see just in a matter of, that was probably seconds, that you can create a press kit just because it's so simple. And then finally, I will show you a third-party app so that you can see that other people have actually successfully integrated as well. So Songpeer creates mobile-optimized websites. So right now, I will launch one of the apps. The 
all of our clients manage all of their accounts from right within the marketplace. So if they've already started customizing one of the apps, they just launch it from directly within the marketplace. You can see that the information has already been imported here. Then you go and you customize it even further. So if I want to change my background with one of the images I've already uploaded, you can do that right there. It shows up immediately. And then that is pretty much it for the marketplace. And I will, I know my time is about up. So the last thing that I will say is, if you're interested in becoming part of the marketplace, I would love to talk to you. We have a table downstairs. Um, come up and speak to me. We're having a party later on tonight, and we'd love to have you all there. Great, thanks. Yeah. Um, does anybody, do we have any audience questions on this one? Should I jump in? No? Okay. Um, so these are all single artist apps, right? Is there, Correct. are you thinking of ways, you know, for artists to get together or for say a label to offer, you know, multiple artists in one app, like here's our hip hop selection yes. or something like that? Yes, we had to make a decision when we were first building the API in the marketplace, whether to do it on an artist or a label level. And because so many tools right now are artist based, we decided to start with artists and then eventually we do hope to include label level apps. Okay. You actually answered a lot of my questions. Huh. Oh, I saw there, you, you mentioned something earlier about there being a discount from against the public price. Could you yes. explain what that is? Because I think app, doesn't Apple have rules about you can't sell apps for cheaper than they are in iTunes or something like that? Well, most of these apps are not apps that are currently available in iTunes. It's a little bit different from that scenario. They are tools that currently exist where an artist would go directly to a website, purchase the tool, and then use it from there. So for us, it's using it directly through the marketplace rather than going to that website. I see. So that's the discount. That's the, and then the through. discount. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Yep. Um, any questions for the Orchard? How much of the different metadata that's available in the Orchard can be pulled? Like, for example, can lyrics be pulled? We don't know. We currently don't have lyrics, but all of the metadata associated with the track or the album information can be pulled. Up next, we have Harold Lee from Rock Prodigy. Wow, we have a guitar and everything here. Awesome. Hello, Cleveland. So we're, uh, we're Rock Prodigy. We are music education software. And what we like to do is we like to use master recordings. So we license master recordings. We also have precisely synchronized performance cues. So you know what to do synchronize the master recording. Then we have live polyphonic pitch detection to evaluate how well you do. So this is all meant to make learning music very enjoyable. So what I'm gonna do right now is go, I'm gonna turn it up with uh, Sweet Home Alabama. So you'll notice that we have the uh, licensed recordings. But if I go on the easy level, what you'll notice is, I'm gonna pause it just for a second. There are six lines, one for each string of the guitar, and then you'll see numbers coming down there, which are the frets. So basically, you just hit the right string, the right fret, the right time, and you start scoring points. The beauty is, on the easiest level, you don't have to hit all of the right... You don't have to hit all the notes, you just have... But you are hitting the right notes at the right time. It's just not all of them, right? So you see how the... Uh, you see how the points increase, right, and so on. And so in a very video game-like way, you start hitting the right notes at the right time, and then you're rewarded with points as well as the music. Now, if you've just started playing, we have, we have learning tools such as auto-pause. And what that'll do is it'll wait for you until you hit the right notes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, there we go, right? So that way you get to really dial it. Then, so the, the point is, is to make learning very uh, quick and enjoyable. And the, what, the reason why we think that is so is because the actual master tracks that you're inspired with, you get to learn along with them. And as part of the feedback for playing well is you get to hear the actual master track. So I'm going to do that same uh, song. And I'm going to go up on a more difficult level. So as you work your way up the level, you just start playing more and more notes. So by the time you get to the prodigy level, you're playing it. No, I have to concentrate. Sorry. Here we go. Here we go, Dan. 
right? It, it cuts out the guitar. And then, let's say that's maybe a little too fast. Slow it down. Also, so the point of our uh, software is to bring people who love music and want to learn music closer to the music by letting them play it immediately, R literally within seconds and within minutes. As long as you have a guitar, and right now we're on the iOS, you can be playing the right notes at the right time. And um, by combining the actual master tracks with performance cues synchronized to it, and then the polyphonic pitch detection. So you, can, you don't actually have to plug in. You can just use an acoustic guitar and sit in front of the microphone. It's like having a personal instructor with you wherever you go. Because literally, you hear what you're supposed to sound like, you see what to do to produce those sounds, and then you get live instantaneous feedback on how you're producing that. So that's our music education platform. Uh, a, a big component of that is the licensed music. The other component of that will be have are lessons themselves. And uh, I don't, how much time do we have, Cass? Yeah, how are we doing? Okay, Q&A, so we have lessons, so if you've never picked up a guitar before, we actually say, hey, here's how you hold your guitar. <laughs> it's kind of a novel concept, but people ask us, hey, what's a pick hand, what's a fret hand, uh, what's a fret, things like that. So download the app and you can uh, start playing your favorite songs right away, thanks. Great. All right, that is really neat. Um, I'm wondering how you do the polyphonic pitch detection because that, I've seen it showing up. Are you using a partner for that or did you guys make that yourselves? Yeah, or? actually uh, the co-inventor of this uh, patent we applied for is a professor at Carnegie Mellon. His name's Roger Dannenberg and he heads up their uh, computer music department. He's mm -hmm. actually been in the field of pitch detection for decades and um, he's the one who's actually the co-inventor. So our polyphonic pitch detection works with any instrument, even voice, uh, wow. piano, violin, but I'm a guitar geek, so we, mm -hmm. st we started with the guitar first. Um, and then how, how does the licensing work? If bands want to be included, is it like an in-app purchase where... That's right. It's, it is an in-app purchase? And, yes. And uh, I mean, is there, like, are, how many songs are you trying to get into this thing? Is there any limit or are you curating it really carefully or, you know, if I'm just like in a really bad band in my garage, can I get into this or? Um, well, you, we are prioritizing based on uh, popularity and we're, we're going after the major artists and major songs first. Like um, Freebird is a big, a big uh, downloaded song. Um, we're in the process, we're very young and we're more or less still in public beta, but we're in the process of figuring out how to get content in here in a much more facilitated fashion. But yeah, I can imagine it's really complicated, actually, too. I mean, how, how long, if you, as close as you can tell us, uh, how long does it take to build one of these songs? I mean, is, it, it, is there a scalability issue, or is it? It's labor-intensive from the point of view that we're actually doing simplified levels of songs, so it's not just a straight note-for-note -note transcription. But that said, in in relation to other DLC-type video games, let's say, uh, we're a fraction of that time because we don't do, we don't do character renderings or camera mm -hmm. mo motion right. or anything like that. But we definitely focus on the music. We're all about getting every note correct. Yeah. All right, well, that's really cool. If, if that had been around when I was learning guitar, I wouldn't have switched to the bass. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, if it was around when I was at Berklee College of Music, I wouldn't have dropped out. <laughs> Um, do we have any audience questions? Okay. I can keep them quick. I saw one over here first. How well does it handle note bins like a big blues bin? Can you detect uh, those correctly? Yes, uh, it, it handles pretty well. Uh, there's definitely room for improvement. So if you come uh, drop by the booth downstairs, we'll, we'll, sh we'll love for you to play it. How much is it going to cost, and it will be an app that's available on iTunes, or 
Yes. Uh, right now, uh, it's a 99 cents to download, and it comes with four lessons and two public domain songs. The licensed songs we charge $1.99 US for because of our licensing agreements, and then the lessons themselves are 99 cents. Uh, we're, we've been very private, more or less, about it. We haven't done any big announcements or anything like that. So uh, right now, that's the pricing, but we're, we're figuring it out as we go along. Uh, great application. I've got one quick, easy question for you. What's the name so I can download it? Oh, it's a rock prodigy. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Any more quick questions? Go on. I got one in front of me. Sorry, guys. Oh. Is this just an iPad, iPod app, or is it a Mac app as well? Right now, it's just iOS, but um, we're, we're still looking to port it to other, other uh, things. But uh, this is a music conference. We want to show you uh, really quickly the artists themselves, when we show it to artists, uh, I had everybody intimate, um, Megadeth. <laughs> so we showed it to Dave Mustaine. Now he loves it so much, we're actually doing the Dave Mustaine app. So he personally will teach you how to play his songs. So there, the thing, just because we're this is a music conference, artists, this is what we think the best way to have people appreciate your music, they get to play it. It's phenomenal. So um, just wanted to show you that, okay? All right, very cool. Thanks a lot. Up next, we have Mike Van from Get It Mobile. Okay, thanks. Um, that's a tough act to follow. I was going to bring my drums up here, but I don't think they would have let me out of New York with that many boxes yesterday. Um, I'm Mike Van. I'm Vice President of Business Development at Get It Mobile. I'll try to get through this quick, uh, but there's a lot of detail, so come see me afterwards. Get It is a platform that is the easiest way to get and share mobile apps and content. And content is just about to include music, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. So what does that mean? We're a platform that is the mobile connection and socialization platform. We enable discovery of apps and mobile content from every possible marketing and promotional venue and channel. It's simple and safe for the end user, meaning their, their information that they insert into our, into our uh, experience is safe and secure. It is uh, a mass mobile socialization platform, and I'm going to show you that in the demos. Get It works on all platforms, all devices, tablets, and phones, and it can deliver to all storefronts, app stores, and services. Finally, it's turnkey for our partners. It's very easy to integrate and use. It's been built to be robust and scalable. Um, and finally, it, it, uh, it provides cross-platform analytics. So when you want to market and promote your mobile content and apps, you're going to be able to do so with these tools and then track effectiveness across all of those channels in one unified place. So GetIt's been uh, working on the platform for two years. And for about the last year and a half, we've been live powering mobile connections and sharing for large media and entertainment brands. These guys have helped us learn how consumers want to consume mobile content and how they want to share that. So here's what we offer. A platform and a system that our partners, whether they're independents or enterprise media companies, can go in and generate uh, optimized website landing pages, buttons, widgets, uh, opportunities to engage the audience and connect them to mobile. Um, the system outputs uh, customizable, hosted, and optimized landing pages both on, for the web and for social. So Facebook tabs, apps, and wall posts. These things are all auto-generated and ready to use nearly immediately. Um, Get It produces smart links that can be used on Twitter, email, blogs, press releases. Uh, the system generates QR codes and SMS keywords. Everything that you need to connect to your app or to your mobile content with social sharing layered on top. We picked some companies from the industry here to demo. This would be Mog using the Get It web, deployable web widget. User enters their mobile address. We connect from web to the mobile device direct, directly onto any platform, any device. So Get It has connected to this uh, iOS device. We deliver a link. User clicks the link, and in this case, is directed to the Mog app download page. If they return to their mobile browser, they're on the socialization screen. That means that they can like, tweet, send Facebook friends, and share the fact that they just got this app. 
This is the auto-generated Facebook tab. This is um, available immediately for, the, for our partners. Again, same experience. This is a unified experience wherever the, the user sees it. We connect from Facebook to the mobile content. Same experience as you saw with the web demo. Um, links. Links from anywhere. Anywhere that you can use a link. Uh, direct uh, connection to mobile content. In this case, the links are smart. If they're viewed on device, we're going to auto-redirect you to the content. Or, in the case of the web, every single piece of content or app that goes into our system gets a get.it landing page. That's optimized. That has social sharing, and it is search and AdWords and Facebook advertising optimized. So you can use this and actually drive your traffic in here to connect them to your mobile content. Finally, uh, in the physical in physical media, um, scan code or text short code to 42777, and we will connect directly to the content. So again, this is all the connection uh, tools that you would need to be able to promote mobile, all from one location, all tracking down to one set of uh, analytics. So here's where it gets really cool. We just launched Get It Free for our app development partner. So anybody here that has an app or that promotes an app, uh, can now go to get.it slash start and register their app and get all these tools for free to use right now. We're now going to roll out Get It Music, where any artist, band, label that is interested will be able to go in, claim their music, and get tools to be able to connect directly to music content on the major music stores. This is the sign-up, and what will come out of this will be our partner site, where you will be able to literally get the code you need to push your promotions out. This happens to be get code for the Facebook tab. There it is. It's an iframe. You grab it, you drop it into a Facebook tab, and you now have the experience you saw with iHeartRadio earlier. Get code for QR. You've got your QR codes, and you can generate uh, up to about 10 placements where you can use these and spread them around your marketing. And again, every single track or album will get its own optimized landing page uh, where you can drive people in. Thanks. Great. Socialization is built right into this, so you can send to friends, tweet that out, and automatically connect to your music. If you want to go ahead and try to uh, text Satch to 42777 or scan the code, you'll actually connect to, uh, to the music. Um, this is the, new, the latest release for uh, Joe Satriani. And this is on iOS right now. We're about to roll Get It Music into um, the Android platform and beyond. So I'll finish it up. Um, finally, a unified platform to promote your music content on mobile and to be able to track uh, how that promotion is working across all of your channels. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak. Check us out at get.it slash go, or you can contact me at mike at get.it. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Anybody have a question for Mike about Get It Mobile? No? I, I was wondering, I mean, I don't know if you've had experience promoting other types of products, but I'm wondering if there's anything about apps um, that's unique to, you know, to the app world in terms of promotion. How, how, did, how does promoting an app differ from promoting, like, a type of soda or something? Sure. Well, you know, apps are, apps are a big challenge right now because there's, there's such a flood of applications hitting the market, and the... The app stores um, are really getting overwhelmed with the ability to showcase good, innovative, um, targeted content, right? So the, the, the search that goes on in app stores, um, you know, is, is not always favorable to, especially some of the, the, you know, some of the smaller, more innovative companies that are pushing apps out that are great, never see the light of day. So um, what we believe is that socialization is going to be the key to getting success in, in the distribution of your app. Uh, whether you're a big brand or a tiny, you know, independent. Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed, so the, these are, artists claim their songs on iTunes. I guess that's, you must, you've got to have ingested the iTunes catalog or something. Is there, are there plans to link up with other services as well? Absolutely. We, uh, we're kind of in prototype and about to, uh, to roll out um, iOS and Android for Get It Music. Um, and what we would like to do is be able to, uh, uh, partner with the, the music industry here to uh, make sure that we're representing all of the services that 
that fans and listeners are using. So ultimately, we want to connect a fan to on-device discovery, but we want to let them choose which service they, they want to buy that, that, that song at or listen to that song in. So um, we will be kind of rolling in all of the, the viable uh, catalogs. Mm -hmm. Anybody think of something? No? No? All right. Well, Great. thank you Thanks. so much. Yeah. That's good. Mike, thank you. Thanks. All right, we have Mark Wilshire with Music Ally Pro. All right, I'm just, uh, I got a lot to cover in a few minutes, so I'm just pretty much going to read here. Um, my name is Mark Wilshire, and I'm here to talk a little about my startup's music production solution, Music Ally Pro. Uh, throughout my career to date, I've had the good fortune to work on a wide variety of recordings from solo instrumental albums to full orchestral symphonic scores uh, with budgets from pretty much nothing to several million. Uh, unfortunately, despite all the amazing innovation and tools to manipulate audio, I still find myself wasting time performing extremely mundane tasks, and in large productions find an unbelievable amount of time is lost in simply accessing information. What Music Ally Pro does is give you your entire project at your fingertips, anytime, anywhere, and in addition gives some new tools that can dramatically cut down everyone's hours. So to start, let's look at some pretty common problems that have been solved in a variety of places. Um, you know, centralized documentation, centralized media repository, and version control. Um, there are all sorts of solutions out there for this, you know, with Google Docs, Box.net, Evernote, things like that to sync and share information. The problem is, is that we need more than just all our files in one place. We need to know what the current version of any given file is, which Pro Tools session goes with which Finale score, which version of picture, etc. Simple things like how much music is there, what state is any given track in, etc. And no different than in software development, we need to know who made any given changes, when they made them, and we need to be able to roll back to previous versions easily. This all sounds obvious, but almost everyone I know has a full folder full of similar workstation sessions that when asked for a specific version have to think long and hard about it. And that's when you're in the middle of working on a project, let alone months or years later. So we'll take a quick look at the overview page of Music Ally here. So this is the overview page of Music Ally Pro, and pretty much here, I mean, this is pretty much just a simple cue sheet, track sheet that anyone would be used to looking at while they're in production. The difference is here is that every single track, if I select a track here, um, I can hit download. We have a Finale file, some music XML, an MP3, a WAV file. Um, everything is interactive on here, so if there's an entry in the database, um, there's a file associated with it. Uh, we could also pop over here and quickly look at the history. We can see the history of that queue, who made changes, when they made them, things like that. We can also go over and look at media files. We can look at everything that's been uploaded for the project, download it, revert to a previous version, um, anything we want to do with that. And obviously we can also, if we wanted to, we could click play here and we can listen to this, uh, this track. Um, so that's quick general overview and then, um, you know, and, and, and this is also syncing across any number of clients. So it doesn't matter how many people logged in, someone adds a new file, someone makes a change, everyone involved in the project uh, automatically sees that. So let's look at some more uh, exciting problems though, because that's, that's not that exciting. So in large productions, um, I mean, simple productions, or it's just one person working at home on their own, it's not necessarily too bad, but in larger productions, once you have more than a couple of people involved, there's an amazing amount of time gets wasted just in the process of moving from raw material to a finished track. You like something, you ask for it to be edited in a certain way, you get the edit, you don't like it, you ask for something else, this keeps going and going and going, and literally days can go by on something that if you simply had all the information at your disposal, you could make the decision right away. Wouldn't it be much better to just be able to hear what you're asking for immediately, listen to options if you don't like it, and then have someone assemble what you already know you like, or better yet, give them an interchange file that they can open with the material already edited. So when it comes to the editing, one of the things I wanted to do is um, I hate having to wait for editors to do stuff, and I don't like to sit there looking at waveforms, putting in fades when I just want to hear something. So here's an example. We've done some recording. We have some takes. I'll just change something here. And I'm just going to hit prepare audition. And this is going to take a moment. The editing actually happens very fast in the cloud, but the rendering of the file to stream is a little slower. Um, while I'm doing that, one of the big things for me is simply getting all the audio up there. You know, you waste so much time getting session audio out of sessions, uploading it to the cloud. So we have this automated upload utility, which pretty much what you do with this is you just select the folder you're recording to, you log into the application, you select your product, you hit run, and it just runs in the background. And all the time you're working, all the time you're recording, anytime you create a new file, it's just automatically uploaded, linked to the appropriate take. You can hear it, you can play it, you can do anything you want with it. 
and I'm getting pressured on time here. Um, I'm just going to say that that got done, and I won't worry about it, so I'll go over here. Um, I have some music analysis tools. So big project, you've got a lot going on, you've got a lot of themes going on. Um, I have some themes I've specified here. So we have like a theme search engine, so I can hit this analyze here. It's going to go up to the cloud, it's going to go look through all the scores we have, and it's going to find every time that theme occurs. So in this case, we've got 12 versions of the theme and four different variations. So it not only finds all the iterations of a given theme, it tells us where it is, and it also tells us in the divergence column here how closely related. So it doesn't have to be the same thing, it could be a different key, a different rhythmic variation, pitch variation, all sorts of different things, but something that we would hear as being the same thing. And I better let some questions happen here. Yeah, so I'll, I'll stop. It's a very interesting tool. Um, so how does, I guess I heard the part about the folders and that, that helps me understand this, but how, how does this integrate into you know, the existing workflow of a producer? Can this be a Pro Tools plugin or is it basically just the folder syncing option? Um, it's not actually a plugin, but what it does do, um, it, uh, we can read uh, XML format sessions, we can read AF format sessions, so we can exchange information that way between the workstations and here. And then on the music side, music XML, so we can read Finale files, Sibelius files. So we can get all that information in with pretty much just an export on the user side, but we don't integrate directly. All right, but that, that makes sense, though. Um, and then... It seems like you'd have sort of a breadcrumb trail of how a track was made. So are you looking at integrating with people who do royalties accounting? Because you'd basically know, like, okay, this guy's bass track ended up on the album and that guy's didn't and all that. Right. Well, that's certainly one of the things that at the very end of the project, all the stuff I talked about as well, working on it. But at the very end, you can output reports of what was used, how much music. So you can see, sort of like in a film score, you'd be able to see which composer's tracks were used, how long each one was, and all of that kind of information, and just get it immediately. Okay, neat. Does anybody have a, a question? I, just, I thought it was pretty cool. Do you charge for this, or what is the service? Um, yeah, this is a, it's a subscription-based service, um, and it's pretty much based on storage. So the, the pricing is lower, obviously, going to be for individual users, versus a large corporation or studio is going to be a lot more, because they're going to need a lot more storage. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, I'm Larry Goldberg. I'm the CEO of TuneWiki. And I'm here to talk about lyrics made uh, mobile and social. So there have been a lot of conversations about lyrics lately. Uh, everybody wants to uh, see them. They're the number two search term on the internet. Uh, but there's something about lyrics which is more than just going to a website, scrolling on a page, and seeing a bunch of static lyrics. And, uh, you know, lyrics are they're really the essence of expression from the beginning of time, uh, from hieroglyphs to printing presses to internet searches. And people share lyrics and pass them around from generation to generation, and they tell the story of mankind. So we're taking that, and we're putting that into our music player. And um, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're allowing people to have a real conversation and a real expression around music. So TuneWiki is a social music player, and um, we have about 75 million song plays every single month where we display lyrics. So I'm going to play a song for you. So we can see anybody who's uh, playing this song right now anywhere in the world. While you're uh, listening to your music, you can see the lyrics scrolling. This is something that we have that, that no other app can display. And if I want to share this with people, it's very easy for me to do so. I just click on a button. I pick the lyrics that I'm interested in. And I can send them out with a message. send this to uh, a TuneWiki network, I can send this out to Facebook, I can send it out to Twitter. 
just like that, my entire network, all my friends, everybody who's seeing what kind of music I listen to can uh, engage in a conversation with me around these lyrics. So just to uh, give you an idea of how this would work, if um, I go into my song box, which is my hub, this is where uh, people comment on, on music and songs, and you can see here's my, uh, here's my post to my friends. What is he talking about? If we wait a couple of minutes, maybe somebody will see that and somebody will respond to me. But you can see I have a whole social network of people here who are making all sorts of comments ab about lyrics and uh, music and what's interesting to them and uh, really engaging in a, a specialized conversation with people who are, uh, you know, similar to you in terms of what kind of music you like to listen to. I have a feed which basically shows me everybody in my social network and what they're playing, and if there's any song that I happen to like, I can just like it, I can comment on it, and I can start the conversation going. And everything that I do is put into a music profile which basically shows what I listen to, and so when I'm out there listening to music, I can uh, find what other people are listening to as well, because they have the same style as me. And uh, just to give you a sense, it's loading, but you'll get my, there it is, Beck song coming up as the last song I played in my profile. This is also on my Facebook page. This is also on my Twitter feed. And uh, you know, I found a lot of friends this way who listen to the same type of music as me. We think we're taking the lyric conversation uh, well beyond what anybody else is doing with lyrics. And uh, we're very excited about it, and we're building the community, which uh, will allow us to really you know, take expression to a whole nother level. Great. Thanks, Larry. Um, so I've got some questions for you. Not, not so fast. Um, so uh, I guess my understanding, TuneWiki plays local music, right? I mean, st right. stuff that's stored on your device. And you know, a lot of people at this conference will probably tell you that music's going to the cloud. Um, so I'm wondering if you're looking at, you know, putting a front end on Spotify and RDO and all these, the ones that have APIs anyway. Yes. Um, is that something you're looking at? Yes. The uh, simple answer is, is yes. I mean, we look at this and say there are a lot of different ways for people to experience music. We already have streaming radio uh, with Shoutcast. We know there are other services that are out there, including music on demand. We're in conversations with uh, numerous potential partners, also with cloud service providers, because when you're discovering new songs, having the ability to then just go right in and play it would, would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, TuneWiki does, I mean, the feature set just, it's incredible. It does, it does a lot of things. Um, how, do you, how do you decide what to include? And do you think that you know, the average person who, I mean, I feel like some people have just gotten their head around the iPod finally after 10 years. And, you know, are you, are you concerned at all about mass market adoption? Is it, is it too much of a good thing? Well, it, it might be to some. I mean, we have uh, 4 million monthly active users, so, and we are playing 75 million songs uh, every month, so we do have a, a pretty uh, rabid fan base. But uh, I think in order to really build a community, you have to be able to attract people who like to listen to music in different ways, and you have to give them, give them different ways of, of experiencing that music. And with lyrics as the focus of what we're doing, it kind of creates a central theme. So whether it's song ID with lyrics, streaming services with lyrics, your own library with lyrics, lyrics games, uh, there are just a lot of ways for, for users and music fans to uh, have a social experience around lyrics. Great, thanks. Um, anybody have a question for Larry? Okay. What do you have to do when you have like a Kurt Cobain song up there? Um, no, but in terms of uh, if you have lyrics that are difficult to decipher, um, is there an algorithm or something? Well, one of the great things about TuneWiki is our lyrics are created by our community, thus the name. And so I'm sure there are a lot of uh, very uh, rabid Kurt Cobain fans uh, out there. And assuming we have the rights to display his lyrics, uh, it's not a problem to get one of those many fans to put, post those lyrics and to sync those lyrics with a song because, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about creating that connection. I guess I mean, like, more like things that are like pretty uh, low within the song, like a lot of good songs that like, 
So he's talking about the uh, obscure lyrics that are behind the audio track. Well, that, that's what the social network is all about, is being able to post and comment and add those things and have other people debate whether those are really the right low lyrics that belong there. I got a question on the other side of the API uh, situation. Can other app developers work with you with, uh, with TuneWiki and um, incorporate lyrics into other things they're doing, maybe outside of the scope of what you're currently trying to attack? Um, we don't do a lot of that. Uh, we're not a lyric aggregator, uh, but we do do some of that. And if there's a way where we can kind of work together and help build our platform, it's something we'd be open to. Hi. Um, do you have the, the lyrics license directly from publishers or through Lyric Fine or? Direct licenses, global. Wow, that's a rarity. Okay, yeah, last question. Hey, Larry, how do the publishers get paid? Uh, traditionally, sharing lyrics has been somewhat of a sensitive point for publishers. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, we have deals, so they're obviously getting paid. Uh, I can't describe the specifics of the deals, but, you know, it's your typical advance against a royalty structure. And, uh, you know, we're monetizing in a variety of different ways. And, uh, you know, our, our revenues are growing and uh, the publishers are getting happier with us every single quarter. Great. Thanks so much, Larry. Impressive stuff. Thank you. I'll take your hand, too. Thank, Thank you. you.